So first things first, gentlemen, how are you? Good, Good. how are you? I'm not too bad at all. Um, where I want to start is I, when I started my research on the band, uh, I encountered some comments and things that it was really questionable a couple of years ago because of the pandemic and everything uh, that happened, whether the band would ever make another album. How real was this and how, how close were you to, to not making another one? Uh, pretty close. Uh, I think uh, our story isn't uh, that unique in that we all were pretty depressed and down, especially after our album just got released at the beginning of the pandemic, beginning of the lockdown. And we didn't uh, know what to do with ourselves. We, we weren't, uh, we're not particularly good at <clears throat> focusing on other projects or working over Zoom or anything like that. So sure. we kind of I mean, I just, I didn't handle it very well. I don't think Greg handled it very well. <clears throat> and it just seemed like we wouldn't be able to make money as a band uh, from touring. And that was kind of our only source of income. And you have to start thinking seriously about, because we didn't know how long it was going to be. So it's, you had to think honestly about what was the worth of it, especially when in that dark time. You know? I mean, I also just lost the desire to do it. It wasn't, I don't know if, if it was just from not touring or from from uh just being away from it for so long being away from everything for so long but at a certain point i was like i don't feel like playing music i don't feel like making music uh it, and i was at the time kind of just numb and okay with that so i, I yeah i even if things got back to normal my mindset at the time was just all right i don't want to do this anymore but thankfully that the drive kind of came back, but it took a while. Yeah. What was the moment that it returned? Was it being able to do a couple of dates here and there? And uh, I guess around 2021. That was, that was part of it. Um, I had done some, uh, I just I think kind of out of nowhere, got asked to score some short films and stuff. So uh, I, and because I just needed money, I was like, sure, I'll do it. And, uh, but I really enjoyed it, and it was uh, I made a bunch of like you know songs and fragments of songs that I started to really enjoy and, and rethink about how I wrote songs, uh, and it felt fresh and new. And I think that's something that was kind of like missing from the process for a minute for me was just feeling fresh, and I want everything to be exciting, and that made it kind of feel exciting again. And then once we got the opportunity to tour again. I don't know if I was that excited about touring. Um, I, I, you know, I've just gotten so used to like, you know, not being stimulated by a bunch of people, being by myself, in my own bed. And it scared me to have to sleep in different beds every night and be around a lot of people and try to be social. Uh, so it took at least a week for me to feel normal again on tour. But that, 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 it didn't come right back. It was like, it took a little bit. Greg, when did you start to send Joe the first kind of ideas of songs then for what, what ended up on the new album? Um, well, I, I think I'd sent him some like stuff I had been working on with the score and just like really basic ideas. And even like uh, our friends in the band Dead had asked me to do a remix. So I, I did that too around that time, which got me kind of excited to do new stuff. I, I sent him that. And then, 
but kind of knowing that maybe that wasn't going to be the direction, but just almost to show, hey, I'm doing something right now. Right. And, and uh, it wasn't until like middle to the end of 2021 that I went to New York where drummer Alex lives. And uh, we spent a few days just bouncing ideas off each other. And then we wrote, we finished at least one song and then wrote a bunch of fragments of other songs, but the finished song ended up on the album. Uh, it's the, the, the uh, end track called Rain Garden. And that song, had written most of the music, like start to finish, like structured it all out at, in that original writing session and then sent that to Joe. It's like, here's uh, the first piece of what I think could be the next album. Let's take that song uh, then. Joe, what did you hear in it and what kind of uh, emotions or, or words did it did it elicit in you? Uh, when I when I first heard the demo, it seemed very big and epic. Like it, uh, especially the second half, just kind of builds and builds, and it, you know, and it had kind of a resolve that a lot of proto martyr songs don't have, where it kind of resolved itself from the beginning to the end. And uh, always hearing the anything that they bring me, it's always at first very daunting. Uh, because you have to think, oh, what am I going to do with this? But because it had been such a long period of nothing, it most of all it was exciting just to have anything, you know, just to taste. Yeah, there's one line I specifically wrote down from that song, which I was interested in, um, make way for my love. I, I wondered where that kind of particular sentiment came from. Well, I, I wanted to write a love song. I felt that uh, the time kind of called for it. You know, I'd been, this is our sixth record. And I didn't have the line Make Way for My Love on it until I'd done a couple runs through it. And Alex, our drummer, was like, hey, you know, you, you say Make Way, what what will probably be the first song. Why don't you throw it in a couple times here? And so I was like, okay, Alex, fine. <laughs> so, and, and I'm, I'm glad it did. It did, uh, I did have the title uh, Make Way for Tomorrow as the name of the album, but then I was like, I don't want to, on the last record, I said Ultimate Success Today a lot, so that can't be the title anymore, but I, I willingly sacrificed the, the title for the end of the song. It's fine. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, there's there's one other uh, line which I find very interesting, and I'm not sure if I heard it right, but in uh, 3,800 Tigers, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I heard it right, but at the end there is uh, uh, now beat the socks. Is it, am I correct yes. in hearing this? So, so I, I've, I've been to Detroit. I've, I've lived close to Detroit for a little while. Um, oh, yeah. So this is a reference to the tigers. Yeah, the the song is about half about real tigers, and half about the Detroit Tigers, and then it gets a little bit confused as about <laughs> which I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, the White Sox are our perennial rivals. Uh, they've often been better than us, so that one is probably a reference to the White Sox, unless we're playing Chicago, and then I'll say it's about the Red Sox, just to cover my ass. And when we're in Boston, I'll say it's definitely about the White Sox. So. Fair enough. Yeah. I, was just, uh, I was just interested, uh, interested if yeah. I heard that right, but I did. Um, you, this this idea, because uh, Joe, you mentioned uh, you had some time to think of a, a lot of things, and, and obviously a lot of things happened in your life as well that, that kind of fueled, I suppose, a lot of that emotion. D mm -hmm. Do you then go to Greg and discuss these ideas? And Greg, what what is your 
what is your I don't don't want to say opinion, but what do you make of the of the lyrics that that Joe sends back? Well, he usually doesn't have lyrics till the end, but uh, we don't we don't necessarily discuss any specific themes about what he's going to do lyrically. I'll kind of throw some ideas of what I want some of the music to sound like. Like I think pretty early on, I mentioned to him that I wanted a lot of pedal steel on it, but um, just knowing what Joe's going through at any time helps me get a sense of the direction he's going to go lyrically. Like, for example, I knew that he's going to get married. I knew that his house had been broken into several times. So I just kind of, and then uh, his, his mother passed and I knew these were going to be themes that were touched upon on the album. So it does help me have a sense of what the album needs musically. And maybe, you know, it like, as we got further in the process, it became clear that maybe this album was going to be more uplifting in certain ways than our previous albums. So, uh, you know, tying that in musically in a way that feels that will complement it rather than always clash with what he's doing. But that could also mean, you know, if if he's you know, approaching it from a more positive angle. I also would want the music to not just be really poppy because that would, I don't want it to be cheesy. I want it to, you know, there's always going to be an underlying sadness or darkness in anything because that's life. So, um, you know, figuring out that balance is always one of the fun parts about making a record, but it's never, it's never, we never spell it out to each other. We never fully establish it because there has to be some mystery in how we play off of each other. And that that's what keeps it interesting for us too. Mm -hmm. Joe, in terms of the, yeah, the emotions and the, uh, the lyrics, um, I was thinking this, I don't know if this is a good question or, or but, uh, when, when you started the band or when the band was started, one of the motivations was, uh, when your father passed away. That's right. Now, Obviously, losing any parent at any time is horribly difficult. But but did it kind of prepare you in a sense for for when your mother passed, or did did was was the the sentiment different or the feeling different? Uh, the feeling was very different because my dad died suddenly of a heart attack, and so it was a surprise. It was a shock to the family, and my mom never really quite recovered from the grief. And I feel like that might have exacerbated her uh, Alzheimer's. And she had Alzheimer's for pretty much the length of the band since the band started. And it gets progressively worse. And, uh, and so her death was not unexpected. It was also kind of sudden. But it was tinged with uh, a relief that her suffering was finally over. Whereas my dad, it was like, oh, he had so much more to give mom had given a lot in her life and it was i'm glad she had a peaceful passing but uh yeah it was different emotions it was um you know it was more just about where i, I think i did wallow in my dad's death for years uh this one was pretty quick to come to the understanding that you know life goes on and your parents don't want you to uh you know wallow in misery for your rest of your life just because they died you know yeah so. i wrote the line down from uh grafton uh Hoyt. um she wants me to try and find happiness uh in a cloudy sky so so mm. is that kind of that that idea of 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 
pretty much the encompassing idea of the album of, of life is difficult, but we've got to move on. Right. <clears throat> like I'm a very, uh, I can, I can be very focused on dying and, and worried about life. And that comes through in the lyrics, which I think a lot of people relate to and understand. But I also feel like if, if that was the only lesson I got from my mother's life was that like life is short and we're all going to die slow, painful deaths, then that would be kind of mocking. I think my mom's life in a lot of ways, because she was such an up happy person and could talk to anybody. And so you, yes, it's, you, you have to decide if you're going to honor the person, you have to decide to try to live with what they taught you, you know, because I, I do find, you know, I still want to talk about depressing uh, topics and stuff, but I don't, I do realize now that a lot of that is, just as navel gazing and self-centered as uh, talking about how great you are or how wonderful things are, you know, so there's gotta be a balance somewhere. You know? What did your mother think of the band? And then obviously I don't know in what stages of her, her Alzheimer's she was, but, but did she kind of listen to a couple of songs or? Our friend Larry uh, took her to one of our earlier shows at the logger house. And it was like the first time she'd been in a bar in, in years and it was at the early stages where she was still, you could still talk to her and things, but she wouldn't quite know what was going on. And near the beginning of the band, I'd be like, well, mom, I have to go down on tour. I'm going to go sing. And she'd be like, you sing? Which was probably a shock to her, even if she had a, so it was always kind of a remind, like, oh, I'm, I have to go, you know? And so she had a vague understanding of it at the end. I think she was, just happy that I was getting out of the house. I think at the beginning, you know, yeah. yeah. When it comes to, I want to get back to the music a little bit because, uh, well, you mentioned drummer Alex. So that, this is maybe just my uh, interpretation, but I've, I found the drumming really excellent on the album. And and was there any concerted effort effort to create the drumming, but also leave space so you could you could hear all the instruments kind of separately play well? Yeah, I, I would say there was. Um... You know, Alex's drumming has always been an important part of our sound. And that's why, like, you know, a lot of times when I'm coming up with ideas, sometimes I do it by myself. Sometimes I do it with the four of us in a room. But oftentimes the stuff I get most excited about is when it's just Alex and I and I'm just like playing off of what he's doing. He's playing off of what I'm doing because it gives me a lot of freedom to figure out stuff where I might be playing something really simple that just on guitar, I don't think sounds that good, but with the drum beat that he has, it, it brings new life to it. And for this album, uh, I tried to approach it differently than I have past albums where uh, I really was trying to think more like a producer than as a guitarist. So uh, every song was, I tried to have the perspective of um, what, what, what what does the song need from guitar, from keyboards, from whatever to to service the song? And a lot of a lot of the songs can be built around like a groove between Alex and Scott. And some of them I don't realize that until we get into the studio and I can hear it clear. And we can hear it and I can take the guitar out and just hear those two elements and then reintroduce the guitar, but maybe in a different way. And so because these songs also came together very close to when we recorded them. Uh, 
a lot of them were, you know, they were open where I could make changes and not feel too precious about anything. So that gave a lot of freedom in that sense. And so I think the end result was trying to get something that felt more open, felt like it had more, was a little bit more dynamic because it can make those moments with heavy guitar more powerful, but guitar doesn't need to be the focal point of every moment of every song. And uh, it, it took me longer than I wish to realize that, but I think, you know. Me too. In the, yeah, in the, stu <laughs> the studio, it was, it was nice to, to figure that out. And I think the songs benefited from it. And th this kind of dynamic approach, I suppose, would work well for a live setting as well. So how much of that do you take into account? And then this can be both lyrically, everything kind of how much of the live show do you take into account when in the writing and studio process? Uh, for, for me, I started to not take into account at all. Okay. And that made it a lot easier, to be honest, because uh, in the past, uh, in the studio, I might be focused on well, I don't know how I would do this live, so we're just not going to try it. Now I think all right, we're going to try it. I'll figure it out later. And then it makes the songs better, I think. And so, and then once it comes time to actually play them live, it actually becomes a lot more fun because I decided to become less beholden to uh, a very rigid interpretation of the recorded versions of these songs. And I like to reinterpret them in a way that I think captures what makes them interesting, like certain melodic elements or anything like that, but reinterpret them in with maybe a different <laughs> instrument or maybe, you know, cut out an element that I don't think needs to be in the live performance. It might be a nice thing in headphones, but doesn't necessarily need to be live performance too. Instead, emphasize a different element that maybe comes across better live and isn't as prominent on the recording. So once I started to do that, the live shows to me became more interesting too, where it's not just like a, a shoddy attempt to recreate what's on the record. This just doesn't sound as good as the record. Instead, it becomes its own thing where you might hear something new that you didn't hear before. So thinking of it like that has helped, I think, both the live show and the recorded versions. Yeah. For me, it's uh, there's two Joes. There's the Joe that's in the studio that has the freedom to, like, I'm going to really try to sing or I'm really going to do something kind of out of my wheelhouse. And then there's the live Joe that's like, fuck studio Joe. You just put a lot of work on me that I have to now try to figure out how to do this every night but i'm glad there's that that mix that difference you know so one one song that stood out in terms of how you use your voice is uh, elimination dances uh, so so what was your approach with that one it's it's very it's almost like an instrument you try to fill in these melodies and yeah i mean that was definitely we had played that in a kind of a rough form live when we first started coming back to touring again we were playing really small clubs and sometimes I have in clubs, really small bars. And uh, so I didn't quite have the lyrics. So I was like, I'm just going to really focus on the groove that the bass and the drum has. And I was kind of taking a little bit from uh, Perubu. Just like, I'm going to try to do some yelping. I'm going to try to go a little bit higher just to, I've never really done that before. Where I'm, you know, was more focused on, yeah, like you said, just kind of, knocking into the, the bits that I could and without shitting all over the groove or anything. It was kind of stepping back. And so that was that was a good one where by doing it live, I had figured out a good cadence. And so when it was time to write the lyrics, it just the 
the words were in service of the way they sounded more than what they meant, I think. Yeah. Sure. Uh, last question then. We talked about uh, playing live again and then almost not making a record and then kind of not feeling it in the beginning and, and recapturing that. Uh, the type of music that you make it resonates with people. I mean, I'm sure you know that. Have you? What is your opinion on that? Because that that certain personal elements and the atmosphere that the music creates that that it it, it really hits people. Um, it's weird because I think at first you have to be kind of selfish and make the music for yourself and make it something that you want to listen to and you want to play. And then, then you think about the audience and you want to make sure that it reaches them in some way. And you can always kind of tell which songs go over more than others. And, you know, sometimes that could be changed from night to night or anything like that. And it's, I mean, it's kind of the reward at the end of your work if someone says it, it means something to them sure. because it's, it's almost like a bonus because you're very, it means something to you. So it's, you feel a, relation to the person like oh i'm glad it meant something to you too you know it's uh it's the way i feel about it yeah i think for me too it's it's again about uh separating the recording from the live show when we're making a record i try not to think about audience at all i don't think about how people are going to take it i just try to think about what excites me and what makes me like fulfills me when making these songs then with the live show like my main focus is is the audience and connecting to them and giving them something that uh, both represents what we're doing, but also that that can feel like exciting for them. So, uh, you know, like when we're writing the songs, we're thinking about sequencing and telling a narrative that fits what that we're trying to tell. That it's all like we put a lot of thought into that sort of stuff. For the live show, we put a lot of thought into the set list and the order, but it's but it will change based on how the audience re reacts to it because we want. Mm -hmm. You know, we want people to to get like something out of it, and so uh, the the focus definitely shifts between the two. Okay, gentlemen, may I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me? Thank oh, you. It's wonderful. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks.